This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. Joining us today, not at the round table of dim lighting, but in a relatively well-lit room, at VidCon are some mythical beasts. That's right. This is the uh, first ever... Uh, what did we just decide? We'll call it a live recording. A live recording because of Ear Biscuits. Because we are live, and this is being recorded in front of people. Ear Biscuits. And so this is experimental. We normally uh, sit kind of across from each other or at a 90-degree angle from one another. Right. When doing Ear Biscuits. We're in a Good Mythical Morning configuration. Right. It's kind of weird. But we're doing the podcast. I've never seen you with headphones. You've you've looked at me (laughs) while we've done this. But it it does make me be more aware of um, how we typically record an Ear Biscuit that... Yeah, you're right. It's it's dimly lit. We're and, at the round I'm table. Kinda, I'm usually leaning back like this. If there's not a guest, we're still like, it's not like we're constantly looking at each other. There might be an occasional glance, like, when are you going to shut up so I can talk? But we have you little give me that cues. We have little cues because uh, when two people interview one person, first of all, we have built-in redundancy. Uh, so if one of us passes out during the interview, the other person picks up. Or dies. Let's just yeah, go all the right. way. This, really what the whole design of this thing was about was uh, that we could continue this thing when one of us passes away. But um, <laughs> during an ear biscuit, we, we, you may notice that sometimes we do start talking at the same time. Sometimes that's edited out if it's really embarrassing. But there are like little like... I'm it's coming so embarrassing in, when we talk at the same time. I'm coming in like... The hand has to come in a little bit early, and we, it's not being recorded. Sometimes I think it, the, the guest thinks we're coming in for like a throat jab or something. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. It, so, I, but I don't, I, we don't have to do that today because the, the irony no is, A, we're talking at the same time right now, and B, um, I've never seen this signal. So it's like totally not worked. Well, that's another thing, too. Uh, I have no clue okay, what you're so talking about. Look straight for a second. So if you have glasses, you may notice that you're – Peripheral vision uh, often is compromised. Yeah, I can't, I can't see you at all. You, might, so you could been, be dead I've been right make, now. Apparently, I've been making this hand signal for two years for no one. <laughs> except except myself. We should have talked about this. Yeah, sometimes. I a, thought we had a system. Like a fingertip might fly in sometimes. I'm like, what? I just saw like, did I just catch a fingertip? It's like, no. That's I'll meaningless. just start going like this. Right. I'll just, reach out in front. Just actually uh, just pull my ear. It's, it's like a form of pull I'm my finger you. that it involves, it's just for podcasting, okay. but still involves uh, passing gas. Hmm. So, moving right along, the idea today is we're going to take some questions that were submitted uh, on the internet and also some questions that were submitted in real life by you and uh, here in answer the them in no particular order. The, hand, the handwriting here is, um, is fabulous. Exquisite. Thanks for doing that. And thanks for waiting to... Uh, Come in. I know a lot of you guys were waiting for quite some time, so so were we, which made it weird. We could have just no, just kidding. Okay, um, let's get a question here. Uh, this is Julie's at Julissa Lee O three tweeted at us. What was your first impression of each other? P.S. I love you guys. <laughs> Various emoticons of uh, hearts. I do have a very specific memory of uh, Link in first grade, that first day that we met. Um, 
if you know the story about being held in from recess because we wrote profanity on our desks in Miss Locklear's class, we had to sit there, just the two of us, coloring. And I specifically remember, like, I'm, I'm a first grader, and I was, I think, a typical first grader, at least according to how my sons have been. And it was kind of like, I have a crayon, and I'm just doing this. You know, just like this boot needs, in all the area around it, needs to be red and very dark. And, and, and by this, you mean emotion, like you've got a fist, but you're making emotion as if you're like chopping down trees, like erratically. Right, but that's me coloring. Yeah. And then I look over, and Link is like really right inside of these lines, and it's really light, and it's yeah. very calculated. I was like, what is wrong with this kid? I'm, I'm, I'm meticulous, man. I was like, it's the most, he's taking so much time and approaching this with so much care. How is this possible? I've never seen anything like this. I, I was just thinking, uh, probably, because I don't remember, but I was knowing myself now and projecting it back to then, oh. I'm pretty sure I was thinking, man, I don't want to screw this up because I don't want to be... Um, trapped in here with this guy tomorrow at recess. It's like, I thought it was some sort of aptitude test. It's like, I'm beating this guy. <laughs> I'm not going to be in here tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, I, sadly, I'm sure that there was some sort of feeling analyzed, like I was performing for somebody. It's like, oh, I gotta get this right. I don't know how to do this. But it would also make you uncomfortable if I had just reached over and like colored your boot. Oh, that would kill me, man. Yeah, you couldn't handle that. Yeah, we would have... Uh, it would have been, an, we, we wouldn't have been friends. We would have right. fought. Let me read another question. Um, Colin, all capital letters with spaces in between each letter, hmm. asks, uh, what was your dream job as a child? So okay, we're, still, we're still in childdom yeah. here. And, I call it childhood, usually. Um, my dream job as a child was to be a weatherman, not a meteorologist, but a weatherman. So growing up... Um, An unqualified meteorologist. I mean, let's just... First of all, David Letterman was a weatherman. He was. Pat Sajak was a weatherman. Uh, he's the host of Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> that is a show you may be familiar with. Which I, is our standard of uh, excellence in all things. But I actually thought... If there's no wheel involved, I want no part of it. I actually thought when I was... Five years old? No, that's probably too young, too old. Four years old. That you're making it up. It can be any no. age you want. Pat Sajak no. was on the weather in California, the local weather. I actually lived out here when I was like three, four, and five. I saw him doing the weather, and I thought that my dad was doing the weather because he, my dad looks just like Pat Sajak, and it's about the same height. He's five nine. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, anyway, my dad is not Pat Sajak. He has never done the weather. Uh, I don't even know why I brought that up. What was the question? Um, well, oh, you wanted to be a weatherman. Yeah, because Bob DeBartelaben. <laughs> yeah, this um, is a real weatherman. Was North Carolina. awesome. I mean, his name was Bob DeBartelaben, and uh, that's that was enough for me. I mean, he was on television every night, and he yeah. like he was a local he, celebrity. He 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 served. He was a friend who told me what you know the conditions were going to be in my environment, <laughs> aka the weather. Uh-huh. It just seemed imp he was important, you know. Yeah, very. It's like, how are you going to know what the weather's going to be without Bob? 
No, and like five days into the future, the dude was magical. Yeah, yeah. He's like a pro- he's a prophet. He's yeah. a weather prophet. <laughs> and he was bald. Yeah. So he looked like a prophet. Mm. They're all bald, right? Yeah. By the end, yeah. Um, okay. Who, what about you? What was your dream job as a child? I wanted to be uh, an architect, and I would, from a very early age, I would make floor plans for homes. Like at age six. Like, would you charge for it? No, I would just, I, like, I, I got a charge from it, doing it. Okay, Dad. <laughs> but but you, this was no, not a service you were no, performing for any, anybody. At any given these time. Were, these were no, hypothetical. I was like a six-year-old kid. These were hypothetical no houses. Would, yeah. And there was no structural uh, engineering, you know, approach to this. But I would literally, I don't know what was wrong with me. I don't know. But at any given time, you could walk into my room and I would like have this elaborate floor plan with like doors and this is the bedroom, this is the bathroom. Like a <laughs> this blue, is the like foyer. A, like an overhead blueprint, right? Yeah. That's what, yeah. It was, it was a 2D floor plan, Link. I didn't do any 3D. I didn't make any, I didn't make, do any folds or anything. Oh, you didn't, you didn't incorporate origami. It wasn't an origami house. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to do that for a long time. And you got a, you, but you, you got a civil engineering degree. But which, the reason I got a civil engineering degree. But you degree, thought it was somehow related. Well, no. It, well, no, it is related. <laughs> because the structural and civil engineering department at NC State University is the same building. It's the same, you, you just kind of go to the same classes and then it branches off. And then once I got into it, I was like, this is hard. And, they were, and I was like, which one's easier? And they were like, well, the one that where you make ditches is the easy one. You know, the one where you put water through pipes. Something that a farmer could do probably without an engineering degree. That's the one that I chose and that's what I ended up getting a degree in. So what are we concluding? In some way, I'm living my dream. I mean, sometimes I'm in front of a green screen and there could be weather on it mm-hmm. yeah. if, we want, if we so chose. Right. You know, and I, could, I have access to like weather forecasts that you I do? could relay to people yeah. Yeah. It, without having a degree, which is what a weatherman is. But you, uh, you just abandoned your dreams. My dreams have been shattered. <laughs> right. I so- no longer make floor plans. I'm sorry for pointing that out. Uh, Le Logonolo. Ledwaba. That's I said the last name. That's her name. She and asks, it's awesome. Uh, have you guys ever seriously hurt or come close to seriously hurting yourselves while filming? You first, since I, you have the easier answer, I'm sure. Uh, I don't think no. I've not. I don't think I've ever hurt myself while filming. Um, definitely not seriously. But you've been hurt, and then we had to film something, and it it was potentially seriously compromised. I'm talking about the Conan thing with your back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you may know I have back issues. It's, I, it, I don't have them right now necessarily. They're, it's just it's, long. It's, yeah, it's, I have a very long back. So, so something's bound to be compromised. And uh, right after we moved to L.A. when we were, we were working on uh, Commercial Kings, there's, you know, when you do a television show, there's all these like, there's the PR side of it and the press tour. And so that was how we were able to become guests on Conan O'Brien's show. And the like two days before we were supposed to go on, I threw my back out. And it turns out it was... How, how did you throw your back out? I was right? eating a sandwich. 
But th- that's that's true. I lit- it was a large sandwich. <laughs> it had a lot of meat on it. Oh wow! And as I'm not kidding, as I was, as I was, well, it turns out. I mean, this is probably uh, you know. It, it's common to throw your back out <laughs> eating sandwiches because. Well, what happens is what I was told later is, or oh, you probably did something before the sandwich. And then it just happened to be while you're eating the sandwich that it went out. So anyway, I was in extreme pain. Like I couldn't really stand up. I definitely could not walk straight without leaning very hard to one side. So much so that I was like, you know, we have to walk out from behind that curtain and like shake Conan's hand and sit down. And it it was going to be a disaster. We, both we, of we thought we had to address it. That That had to become the whole thing. I remember when I first saw you, like, I mean, you texted me. You're like, Sandwich back bad. We we need plan. Call the weatherman or something. Um, but when I saw you, even though you had prepared me, it was how do I describe it? It's like you were walking towards me, like came in the room very slowly, and it was. I guess it's like if you had a freeze frame of what could be like the most painful part of like a contortionist act, or like someone dodging a punch. Constantly, like, (laughs) right. But knowing that they're still going to get hit, so their face is like, right. Oh no, I'm about to get hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, I don't want to be on Conan with this guy. (laughs) Well, and you may not know this, but you probably have picked up on this that when you're on a a talk show, uh, the host is ask is just feeding the pre-prepared questions to the comedian or whoever it is, so they can say the four or five things that they've. That they're they've already come up with, and he knows exactly what questions they're going to be asked. So, because a producer calls you ahead of time, and they're like, "Okay, this is what we're going to ask you. Do you guys have anything else that you want to talk about? Let's work it out." So you kind of work out like we're going to show this clip, and Conan's going to ask this question, and then we're going to tell this story. But then we were like, uh, "There's something we need to mention, and and that's that my back is hurt so bad that we feel like we may have to address it." But he was like, "Okay, we'll just play that by ear." You could kind of tell he was like, "I don't want your back to be a part of this, man." <laughs> But then when we got there, there was so much adrenaline just from being on a show like that, that you were healed. There was absolutely no problem. I felt absolutely no pain. You can watch and it doesn't look like I'm in pain because I wasn't. But as soon as the show was over, it was horrible. Oh, I forgot that part. Really? Yeah, it was horrible. I didn't tell you about that. I, I, I kind of, I try to leave you out of this link so you don't have to share, you. share the burden. I have enough pain of my own. That's right. <laughs> um, but you have been seriously hurt while filming. Yeah, and I'll keep this one short because there's a whole video. I mean, it's, I think it's called Lynx Fall Fail. Is that what it's called? It's on our second channel, but um, basically I thought it would be cool to run at top speed for like an interstitial for Commercial Kings, and I just fell, f- well, I didn't fall flat on my face. I actually fell on like 18 different parts of my body in rapid succession. <laughs> But it was caught in su- on camera in such a way that like we could analyze it in slow motion and make a video out of it. Well, and then, which sadly has been seen more than the television show. No, at so this point, and I it think. was for the interstitial stuff. Like as we were cutting to commercial or coming back from commercial on the show, we had these little you know, little vignettes. And so this one where Link nearly died. Um, it's it was it's violent, you know. He was hurt so bad, so bad. It's like something you would show to kids before. He prom broke his elbow, you so bro- that they don't run to prom. You, you broke your elbow, right? 
or dis- uh, it was. They couldn't find a break, but it was dislocated. But or I something. know it was. It was. It was bad, and it was, and it, it affected him for a while. But it affected him so much, he was like, "We have to put this in every episode." So in every episode of Commercial Kings, there before is, the commercial break, you it's like, are falling. Bam, I yeah. hit the ground. Right. Um, here's a question from the room. No name is on it, but you know your handwriting. Who asked this question? How does making videos affect your family life? How did they take the news that you were going to do YouTube full time? It's somebody. You're awesome. You're in here. Take credit. Right there. Don't be shy. Your edit, take credit. <clears throat> um, how did they take the news that you're going to do f- uh, YouTube full time? Like, well, I mean, we didn't like sit them down like, kids, your parents are splitting up. <laughs> actually, actually, we did. Well, it, it, interestingly, uh, our wives are one of the reasons that we, we're doing what we're doing right now um, because we told this story in some capacity somewhere, but going back to right out of college when we were working as engineers, um, we wrote a song for our roommate Greg's wedding rehearsal dinner. Right. We basically wanted to make fun of him in front of his whole family. Uh, and warn his uh, fiance that like it's not too late to change your mind in right. a song. And it was actually, the song was later, the lyrics were all changed and it became the Unibrow song, which was like the, one of the first songs ever on YouTube from us. Um, but this one was all about Greg and like the wedding night and how embarrassing it was going to be for both of them. And um, It says, we've seen Greg naked, soon you will too, hope you enjoy it more than we do. That right, was, that was, that was a chorus. But but you probably won't. No, we didn't say that. And uh, but we did this song, and like everybody really reacted to it well. And then on the way back home uh, with our wives, they were like, "You guys, you guys should do. There should be more than just doing this like wedding receptions. You know, you should you should. <laughs> yeah. There's something here. Like you should really do something with this. Right. So now, whenever you know we're we have to be away to be here or do something else that impacts our family, it's like, well, it's. It's your fault. Yeah, right. It was your it's, idea. We, we put it back on him. Is that what you were yeah. getting at? And then, you know, with with the kids, you know, how do they take the news that you're going to do YouTube full time? It's just it's more it's more of, okay, this is what dad does. And it's like no big deal, really, I think is what all the kids would say. Um, it's interesting that they're they now have friends who find out that we are their parents are one of us. Did that make sense? <laughs> that hey, are your parents one of them? <laughs> <laughs> one of them YouTubers. But they, but they're no, but they're I, fine about it. I think it was kind of a uh, everybody's dad must do this until it was like, oh, okay, you watch my dad on the internet? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're. I watch him at dinner sometimes, de- but I try to look away. They're His dealing with that. His chewing is really annoying. Yeah, they're dealing with that in their uh, their social lives. We should probably check in on that. <laughs> we should probably ask them some questions. It is a here's a here's a family question. Uh, Brian asks, "How often do your families interact?" Oh well, we definitely keep them separated. They don't. Uh, they actually don't know about each other. Yeah, right. No, you know, um, very often, you know, our, our, our kids are 
Locke and Lincoln are like our, our best friends, and then Lando and Shepard are our best friends. It's really, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's cool to have, to By see. By design. Yeah, it's cool to see them, to see our friendship in their friendship. Well, and we have two chances of being replaced. If, if Locke Again, Link, redundancy. If Locke and Lincoln end up just sucking, you know, then uh, Lando and Shepard are like the next in line. They can try. And, and or they can both do things. I don't know. And I'm sure Lily will want to produce the whole thing. So she, right. Lily's the oldest of all the kids. And yeah. but it was not she's in, a girl. It so wasn't it's engineered. Like she's kind of an odd man out. It was not in, Well, she's a woman. Um, not quite. But it wasn't engineered. Hopefully. And there's and there's always been this. Um, you know, it, with our wives, it was. Um, okay, you guys kind of have to be best friends now. No one ever said that, but it was sort of like this expectation that like, okay, well, you're either going to be best friends or you're going to have to find a way to get along. But they, they do get along and they are best friends. And then with the kids, it was like, all right, when, she, you know, the first, you know, Lily was first and then Locke, who's a year younger than she is, but then Lincoln, who is And they're is a good year friends. Younger. I should say that. They are too. good friends, right. But then Lily of course, and Locke. Locke and, and Lincoln, Lincoln kind of naturally, two, they're both boys. They kind of gravitated towards one another. And they sort of just naturally became great friends. They see each other all the time. And then Lando and Shepard are each other's favorite person on earth. Um, <laughs> and so it's just, that's how it's going right now. We're just like, all right, hands off. Guys, don't feel like you have to have a YouTube channel or a website or anything. Just be friends. But there's like a percolating assumption, isn't there? Well, we have. I mean, we don't talk about it. I mean, it. we have reserved all the websites. Yes, we do have all the websites reserved. <laughs> or at least we'll say that so you don't do it right now. <laughs> don't do it. Um, yeah, it's instead of just talking about our wives, though, it would pro- now's probably a good time to uh, say that hey, they're here, so oh, we're going to bring, gonna bring, them, bring out. them out. <laughs> You're such a jerk, Link. This is, okay, let me tell you, our wives are not here. And I want to tell you something about Link, okay? You may, you may know this already, but definitely I know this about Link. And everyone who works with us knows this about Link. Do I know it? Link, his style of joke is a joke that is only funny to him. <laughs> <laughs> It's like this. Not, uh, no, 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 this, no. This, not all of them, I hope. No, no, no. I'm saying you have this thing that happens just like that. Where it's just like I'm gonna say something right now, and uh, the only thing the way the way these people can react is to be disappointed by this. <laughs> okay, I'm just. I don't. I'm, I mean, it's, I'm it's, testing it's, their fervor. It's a you know? sickness. Do they? It, it is a sickness. Like I mean, nobody's gotten up and walked out. So I actually. That's what I need. I need to know that if I upset you, you're not you're still not going to abandon me. Okay. So it's it has nothing to do with humor. It uh has to do with a deep rooted insecurity. Oh. This is an ear biscuit, man. Look, wow. we got a Okay. All right, it's about to get serious. Of uh, just a fear of abandonment by you guys. Okay. Let's So go. you lie to them? <laughs> the- that, that's your application. I'm not saying it's healthy. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm trying to. I mean, do you have another example? Because you got to have more than one to say Link is like this. You do this all the time. Okay, I do it all the time <laughs> with people. It's usually um, like in in groups of two or three. Well, I think it's the yeah, just kind of adding a a little bit of awkwardness into any um, small gathering. 
you know, turning turning people uh, uh, against each other. Well, <laughs> okay, like <laughs> against Which, me. You know, that's an interesting thing because we, I also do like awkwardness a lot. One of the things that we have kind of discovered over the years is that you know when we first got started uh, making YouTube videos, and then one of the early things that we were doing with local commercials, right? The Red House Furniture and the TDM Auto Sales, and then what led to uh, I Love Local Commercials and the Commercial Kings. We love that's the favorite in terms of what we've done. That's the favorite you know work that we've ever done. We love those commercials probably because we're not in them much and we get to see other people do things. But um, they're so bad and they're so purposely awkward that we just like revel in that kind of thing. But what we have found, and you guys can confirm or deny this. Uh, especially with like the teenage generation right now, they are so uncomfortable with awkwardness that they can't watch it. So like we'll do we'll do something like um, you, okay. So we we did a, an episode of Good Mythical Morning where we uh, one of the the backup plan Geico sponsored ones where we were realtors and we did the open house. Yeah. So people were you know people were coming to the house to try to figure out if they wanted to buy it, but we were there to uh, just screw with them. Right. And, um, but also to learn how to be real estate agents. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. right. And, uh, you know, oh, first of all, in general, a great reaction to the episode, people really liked it. But over the years, we've started seeing so many more comments about like, guys, what would you think those people thought when you were trying to sell that house to them in that way? It made me so uncomfortable I had to stop watching. Do you guys feel that way? Oh, you're lying now. You do in the comments. Okay, so you still like awkwardness. Okay. Because I'd say that's one of the reasons that we haven't made any more local commercials, honestly, is because pe- people are like, are you taking advantage of these people? And we're like, I just don't even want to have that conversation anymore. Well, that's the fine line. Obviously, we don't want to take advantage of people. And yeah. there's, a, there's a way to mess with people that's like still just fun and not at their expense. But, but there's a... It's not a hard line. It's not black and white. So you gotta you gotta dance around. Just that having fun, man. Just having fun. Mix it up. Just have a little fun. Um, I got another question here. Which one did I want to read? Uh, Haley Dowell. Where's that one? It's right under the previous one. Oh, you're not looking at my screen. Oh no, so I'm looking screen, at my our screens. Screen. Are not. At I'm looking at my screen. Read it. Uh, how do you guys put up with each other all the time? <laughs> Good question. I'm glad it wasn't like. Uh, phrased towards one of us, like, Rhett, right. how do you put up with Link all the time? Well, that was in there, but that, I chose not to read it. Uh, I, <laughs> I did. I did uh, this one. Um, how do we... Uh, what, what's the real answer to this? There is a real answer. But, you know, we had a really good conversation with the uh, Wasabi Bros on Ear Biscuits. Was that last week? That was a week ago? Uh, Basically embracing conflict. Well, it, this has happened a couple of times. It happened when we had Smosh on as guests... Anytime we have a duo, we really like to start talking to them about their process and like how they get along because we, you know, we've been working together for a really long time. And what you find when you talk to somebody like Smosh or somebody like even the Wasabi Brothers, it's like they're younger. They they've been working together for a long time, but they're kind of younger. They haven't, you know, we're getting old at this point, and uh, we're like, you guys haven't really had a lot of conflict because we're like, well, how do you guys like resolve conflict and how do you argue with each other? And like, well. 
We don't. And on the if you go back and listen to the episode last week with the Wasabi Bros, like they had like this. We just lay into them at that point. They started talking about the fact that one of them was, um, they're moving out. They've been living together, but now they're moving out. They're still working together, but they're moving out. And they started like, they hadn't talked about why. And so they start talking about why during the Ear Biscuit. It was great. It was, it was awkward though. <laughs> but we like that. But for us, I think the answer is what we told them, which is in embracing conflict in order to resolve it and just to uh, have open communication. Because I think the point, you know, the first point about this is, is how do you how do you guys put up with each other all the time? Because it is all the time. Because there are a lot of people who, you know, uh, a lot of duos will like have, you know, they'll get together to do certain projects. Or like, oh, we get together on Tuesday. We get to, we carpool. I mean, we are together from nine to at least six every single day and then probably talking to each other uh, about projects and that kind of thing you know, over the weekend. So it's I mean, pretty constant. Yeah, because it's like, and nothing can fester because it's, it'll, uh, any low level of um, tension very quickly builds up when you're spending that much time together. I mean, if you're, you know, you know that from any like committed relationship type thing. So you just got to get that stuff out there. Yeah. Um, and there, so and there is, what we do. there is conflict. I mean, that we, I think we've been pretty open about that. That's one of, oh, yeah. one of the cool things about your biscuits is that you, it's more relaxed and you know, we, there it's a lot of people say it's like a therapy session when they come on the show. Cause we, the way we start asking questions, but then we start kind of talking about us and trying to relate to the people and that kind of thing and kind of processing different things. But, yeah, it's like, I think, the, I don't know, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I think what we ended up saying was conflict is guaranteed and communication is key. So in any, in any working relationship, in any relationship, period, there's going to be conflict. And so we, re, I mean, we're constantly bouncing ideas off of one another and working on things and trying to fine tune something, develop something, that, and, we're, and it's all the time, and we're two different personalities, and we actually think very differently and approach things very differently which I think is a strength, but it's a, you know it's also a source of conflict. Yeah. So. And, and we vacation separately. We do. We're about to do that, actually. We're not going to the same place. I didn't even know you knew that I was going on vacation. Oh yeah, I'm going on vacation at the same time. Oh, man, I thought I thought I had, I had, I was on to something. And we're actually heading in opposite directions. Not, yeah, we're we not even going to separate places. We're literally like moving apart from each other. Right, for and a we week. we when we shouldn't talk. Oh, we won't. Right. No. And we, I'm blocking you. And when we... <laughs> that, it, that's okay. I'm effectively... <laughs> that got some applause. <laughs> um, yeah, because we always joke whenever we re- relaunch a, the new season of Good Mythical Morning, it's like, where have you been? But it's kind of true. Yeah. Because we will have been on vacation separate. Right. Um, here's a question. Uh, Morgan Witted asks, do y'all have a favorite episode of Good Mythical Morning? Do we have a favorite episode of Good Mythical Morning? Well, there's a lot of them. They all start to run together, and then we'll be thinking about something we want to talk about, and be like, I feel like we've talked about that, and then we'll do it, and then the comments will say, you've already talked about this. That actually has, that's almost happened a couple of times. So they all start to run together, but do you have a favorite? Well, I think there's an, there's an ironic principle in this. Uh, the episodes that that are the crowd favorites are probably the ones that are the least favorite for us to do, you know. So, like the Will It 
episodes. The more we suffer, well, the more uh, people seem to respond to those things. But I think there's a difference between the two of us, too. In, so let's not talk about what our favorite episodes are, but let's talk about types of episodes, because I, I do anticipate a different answer between the two of us of what type of episodes are our favorites. Yeah, Willets are, I mean, they're, they're very trying. Obviously, for me, they're, <laughs> they're very trying. But it's nice knowing that they're going, that you guys love them and that they're going to perform really well. You know, it's, it's really nice to know you can put something out there and that you're going to, not only are we going to be proud of it, but that it's going to work, that it's going to get a whole bunch of views. Like, that is a great feeling, having been, having worked uh, on YouTube as long as we have. And before Good Mythical Morning, I, this is just the psychology of, of why I, I, I love these episodes, even though I vomit almost in a lot of dry, of dry heaving usually um, is because I, you know, we know there's going to be that return on investment before good mythical morning really took off. Every video was kind of like starting from scratch in a lot of ways. And you know, it was, it was most likely a music video and we knew that it was going to be well received, but we didn't know if it was going to blow up, so to speak. Um, and of course we always, y- you want that. Um, so it's, I love the Willets because you know they're going to do well. So that really helps, you know, um, me stare down the barrel of that trash can and actually be happy about it. But but those aren't my favorite types. What's your right. favorite type um, of episode? I mean, I definitely like the information-heavy ones, you know, where we're like breaking something open. Um, you know, we do a, we do a lot Conceptually, of... Conceptually, not physically. Right. We do a lot of list... Uh, episodes because that's not just because that's what works on the internet, but because it's a great way to think about information. That's why listers, they've always been popular and will always continue to be popular. But I think I like the ones where it's more like, oh, this story about this guy who hibernated for 25 years or this, uh, the alien abduction ones where we each had this, the most yeah. convincing alien abduction story. Because those are the kinds of things that I would naturally kind of read and think about and uh, talk about naturally. Because yeah. there's this principle, we, we talk about this a lot, like the way we want to present uh, information on Good Mythical Morning is the way that we would want to uh, present it at a party if we were like, Hey, you guys hear about that guy that hibernated for 25 years? And, Let's but, talk about that. And then present is not even the right verb in that. Just have a conversation point, about it's it. It's like, yeah, but yeah, when we're at a party, it's like there's this, you know, you want to, let's talk about something interesting. And that's actually why we started Ear Biscuits because we do this, we, we have this tendency that if we are together at a social function and we find somebody who like has a weird job, and, and sometimes they're like, or a normal job, but I'm convinced there's got to be something hidden. We start asking, like this guy right here, you know, we would like ask him some questions about his weird camera. <laughs> and we would like get him in a corner. So wait, we, you're the stick guy. Like there's a camera on the end of the stick. And it's like, where, is it, where do you get that stick? And like, what kind of camera is that? And Oh, oh this is, this is the, everybody so, gets one of these? <laughs> yeah, under your seat. This is like Oprah. This guy works for Google. Be nice to him. Okay. All right. It does um, say YouTube on his You thing. know. 
you know how the, how the paychecks. But we so. kind of like we team up on somebody who like. Oh yeah, we would be all. It's like a, be all over like a septic man. septic tank pump guy. He's like, man, nobody's ever asked me so many questions about my job. <laughs> and he, you're, but y'all got tag teaming me up and in that's here. That's not just an example. That's happening. Oh yeah, yeah. And so we end up talking to the septic tank guy for forty five minutes, and like he leaves with his wife, and I can only imagine. It's like, man. There's these two guys. I think they're going to start a septic tank company <laughs> because I've given them all the information that they need. Um, but it's just because we're interested in things. So, but, but that's also why that was the colonel that started Good Mythical Morning, is it? The colonel. Yeah, yeah the, actually, the colonel. <laughs> like KFC colonel. The whole thing is uh, this started been sponsored by KFC. Like <laughs> the stealth KFC sponsorship no, is going to be revealed in episode 1000. <laughs> The colonel with a K that started Good Mythical Morning was your tendency more than mine to have a new thing that you wanted to talk to me about. And so then Good Morning Chia Lincoln was, well, we're, we're carpooling and we're talking about something. We should just put this on the internet, which was then weird because then we had to be quiet in the car, but then, and then we would just put it out there. This right. is the 10-minute conversation that we would have had in the yeah. car. Um, and those are why those are still your favorite episodes because you're the different than me. You, I think you're more the conceptual um, kind of thinker. Is that would you say that's a good way to put it? I don't know. How you're you kind of the it. reactor. Yeah. So, like for me, my favorite episodes. Um, there's a little less. There's more pressure when there's something that I need to think about and have to talk about. For you, it's not pressurized. It's just. I'm excited to talk about this thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm certainly excited to talk about, um, you know, alien abduction stories or any of that stuff, too. It's not that I don't enjoy talking about it, but I think there's a, it's a little more pressurized for me, whereas um, where we, when we play the games and it's just, okay, just react. Just kind of go on gut and see what happens. Right. Or, or uh, I like those because they're, they're a little less pressurized for me. It's like, okay, by design, what I don't know is going to happen, if it ha happens, is going to be the best part of the episode for me. Or I feel right. like that's how I'm going to contribute. At least that's how I started to think about it. And it, so I'm a little more, it's easier for me to just step into those episodes where it's re like responding. Right. Um, and that's why we do a lot, you know, we do both. We do a lot of different stuff. So the game formats are easy to step into. I like those, the... And then, the, like the physical stuff, where we're doing stuff, right? Um, and we're gonna, you know, we're continuing. We're always trying to come up with a new format within Good Mythical Morning. You know, that's you know, like, oh, let's try debating each other about something ridiculous. Uh, so we're continuing to develop those ideas, uh, and you'll see some of those in season eight. Uh, Ayla Alzabi asks, "Are there unpublished GMM episodes?" This is a really good question. Um, Unpublished is probably not the right word because I think that that would imply that we had created an episode and edited it and then decided not to upload it. That's never happened. But what has happened, you might be interested to know, or maybe you kind of figured this, is that every once in a while there's an episode that about five minutes in we're like, mm, okay, let's start this again. And why is that? Like what would, what are the reasons? Uh, I would say the most common reason that happens is we have like 
and this is a little insight into whether, you know, how much this is planned, right? So the process that creates an episode of Good Mythical Morning has evolved quite a bit and is much more structured uh, and stringent than it used to be when it was just like, oh, I I got something. Just trust me. Let's talk about this. To, uh, no, let's sit down with our team. Let's decide on what we're going to talk about. Then let's um, uh, have our team, you know, find find the information kind of consolidate the information so we're not going off on the internet all the time trying to find everything. Then us sort of reviewing it, paring it down, dividing it up, kind of figuring out, I'm taking this. So it's not scripted, but it's outlined pretty, you know, tightly. But it's so off, the show's so off the cuff that sometimes we'll start this riff at the beginning of uh, a list and realize that we just talked about some, we talked about that septic tank guy for four minutes and this is an episode about something totally different, and we're and we like we we're, there's a timer. We that's why most of the episodes are about the same length because there's a timer. We just don't have this innate sense to go like 11 minutes and stop. Um, and well, it, it sometimes we would be like do. it'd be like well now yeah we kind of do but, but it would be like still a physical uh, timer too. One of us would be like uh, okay let's start this again. I'd say that's one out of twenty. Right, because I mean let's con- we'll continue with that answer by asking another question, which was, can you explain your rapid subscriber growth within the past year? What has changed since then and how have you managed this new level of success? Um, I'd say one of the things that led to um, just the rapid growth of Good Mythical Morning was kind of developing the format so that when we say in episodes about something with the title, with the thumbnail, um, then we deliver on that and you kind of, mm-hmm. you get that. So we, you know, we like to, there, there's this weird dance because you, we never want to be, so we never want the show to be rigid, but we want to, we want to, we decide to give you guys something in an episode and then we want to give you that. But then the dance is, but we also want to create in the moment. So like if you start talking about septic tank guy and there's like this dance of, decision-making to figuring out, all right, am I going to go with septic tank guy or am I going to go back to UFO girl, you know, or, or a UFO girl? UFO girl. Yeah. She's awesome. Oh, wow. She's, uh, she, yeah. You've been researching her. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk about it right now though, because we'll save it. We'll save it it for the episode. Um, what was my point? My point was (laughs) exactly. Well, what was my point? I'm not entirely sure. I'm not Bob DeBartoladen. <laughs> He's a prophet. No, it was. Um, you got to have that balance of am I gonna, am I gonna, am I gonna give you guys what you want in the episode? And I, th- I think that's the answer to the, one of the answers to this question is rapid subscriber goes is that we deliver on what we say we're gonna give you. And it's before we would do an episode and we would kind of discover what it was as yeah. we were doing it. Right, it was more like... Even if we knew what we were going to talk about, sometimes it was, it halfway was, through it would like... Well, and it was way. more about this conversation and, less, and, and now it's like, well, it's like I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you the whole time. Uh, but I think uh, probably the most significant thing that changed uh, since the, the inception of, of Good Mythical Morning was, you may remember back in... Was it 2012 that we did the mythical show? Is that right? 
I think so. Um, so right at the beginning of uh, 2012, we had this idea to uh, try the longer form thing, right? The the 30 minute version of Good Mythical Morning, essentially called the Mythical Show. And we got some funding from YouTube to do that. It was part of something called the Creative Creator Innovation Program, where they give you a little bit of money to try something that seems to be innovative on the platform. And that required us to hire a team. Uh, at the time we had, uh, the first two years we were out here, we had Jason, remember, remember Jason, who worked on Good Mythical Morning, Jason Emman, who's now hosting the DC Comics, DC All Access on DC Comics Channel. Uh, that's what he's doing now. Uh, but January of that year, we hired Stevie. Shout out to Stevie. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of us building a team. And Stevie was uh, very involved in, in, in hiring out our team to make the mythical show. And that was the beginning of us functioning more like you know a team that would create a television show. It was like, okay, this is a process. We have to be... Uh, we're creating a, a quality piece of entertainment. There's a schedule. Uh, there's a certain standard that we're holding ourselves accountable to. And doing that, even though the mythical show wasn't a huge success, it was kind of wrong time, you know, wrong thing at the wrong time. We were proud of it, and it, we learned how to function as a team. And then we brought that back to Good Mythical Morning that fall when we restarted the show. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that we, the process has changed so much. And then I think, you know, serendipitously, is that a word? Serendipitously. Yes, dipitously. Providentially. Uh, There was a change to the way that YouTube rewards your videos. Essentially, they changed the algorithm so that the longer that people stayed on your channel or the longer that your videos led to them watching videos on YouTube, the more your videos got served up to them. And that's why- so It wasn't about a view, it was about watch, watch time. time. So yeah. um, whenever you know, YouTube was smart enough as a tool to understand that you guys weren't just clicking on something, but that you were deciding to watch basically the whole thing. Um, and you know, we always wanted to create something that was you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not creating a 10 minute video, but I only care about the first three minutes. So we also want, we want to craft it in such a way that you care about all of it. You know, so <clears throat> a simple thing, uh, very early on, that's why the wheel exists. Uh, one, so that you have something to look forward to. Even if you don't care about what we're talking about, something different will happen at the end with this, oh, look, a sh- oh, shiny wheel is spinning. Um, and also we get to interact with you guys and uh, be fueled by your ideas. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that, that, that's one example of a way that we, tr- we tried to craft an episode and that the way that YouTube worked, it kind of came together. Yeah, so I think it was kind of... Cre- the other thing is just a whole bunch of videos where yeah. it was like that and then they, you would see one and you kind of got sucked in through related videos into watching other ones. Yeah, so it's, it was kind of a combination of creating the right product and then having the system reward that product in the right way. And that's why there's just there was this astronomical growth and it ended up surpassing anything we'd ever done on our main YouTube channel. And now it's kind of the hub of what we do. And then the kind of the reason that people listen to Ear Biscuits and the people that watch you know, stuff on our main channel, which I think leads into another 
uh, question. And, and I, I, I will add, you know, you, you mentioned the team, but I'll just mention them again. It's surrounding ourselves with um, great team members. Yeah. yeah. Everybody on our team, shout out to all you guys who are here. Everybody's not here, so there's even more of our team back still working on stuff right now. But, um, you know, they're, they're great and they enable us. And, you know, we have learned to lean on people who are good at things to help us be better at what we're best at. So instead of just doing everything. And that's certainly advice that we try to give to, I mean, a lot of you are creators and you aspire to expand and uh, make more things. And you, the challenge is finding people that you can trust and you can lean on and that they do things better than you. And then you can just take credit for it like Rhett and I do <laughs> uh, publicly. Right. But um, yeah, so we're glad to uh, give some props to the, to the mythical team. Yeah, and, um, and unlike a lot of people have commented in the past, they're not all interns. <laughs> it's just like, can you guys show the interns again? Well, we have any given time we have like one intern, but they're all like staff members, employees with titles, and uh, you know, it's a production company. But they're paid in uh, like leftover Willet food. Yeah, right. That is, and they're okay with that for some reason. <laughs> right. Uh, but you know, it, seeing that Good Mythical Morning has become that hub for so many things, um, including what we're doing on our main channel, which you may say is nothing, guys. You're not doing anything on your main channel. Uh, Mythical Rink asked, uh, last year you talked about doing more narrative content in 2015. Are you still planning to do that? Because it would be awesome. We, did we talk about that last year? I think we did. Oh. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we did talk about that. And we are doing it. Uh, so yeah, so sounded like a question. No, we are we are doing it aggressively actually. Uh, so just w one thing to to note is that you know with the growth of of GMM and the growth of our team and just transitions into a new studio and things like that, uh, it's all it's been very tough to manage and continue to maintain the quality of the show. But we really, really, really have every intention to create story-based content online. So series, feature films, that kind of thing. So those things are, uh, those things are being worked on. So I mean, sort of the, the way that you'll see that kind of rolling out towards the end of this year is more sketch comedy on the main channel, uh, kind of flexing that muscle a little bit and exercising that muscle, which we haven't done very much. Uh, so. Stay tuned for that. So the main channel is not dead. It, it will continue to become more active. Do you want to see more sketch comedy? Is that like a good thing? Okay. And yeah, not at the expense of Good Mythical Morning, so you don't have to worry about that. So we're gonna, that, that train will keep a rolling. Um, question from Tesla Lamary. If you two were stranded on an island would Link eat Rhett first, or would Rhett eat Link first? That's my type of question right there. <laughs> Observation, we do, um, we've talked about this multiple times. I, we, I, I just love to keep talking about how well, there are, in a survival situation, who would eat Well, there's a lot first. of factors. I think we've both why, established. Why is our, our humor is really dark. Well, sometimes. Is that a problem? I don't know. Is that, but, is that a problem? No, I think this is something we need to work out because there's a lot of people out here who are going to be in a situation where their friends or family members and, and they're going to have an opportunity to eat them. They're going to be like, we haven't talked about this. Is it a race? 
Uh, because the way that she framed the question. No, 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 no. It's not like who's going to do it first because this is after one of us die. So I think the question is who's going to die first. No, that's not what she asked. She really? said. Would Link eat Rhett first or would Rhett eat Link first? There's no assumption of death at all, which makes it really weird. Um, hmm. I think, um, yeah, one of us should die first. And then we should, like, process it. Well, I think that I am generally hungrier than you. I mean, we've, that's been established. I like to eat more than you like to eat. I eat a lot more than you eat. But I'm smaller than you. Yeah, right. So therefore, so I may, you should die first, and I should eat you, and I will live even longer than you would live if I died first and you tried to live off me. That's probably that's true. And yeah, so but it's not. I mean, you're asking me to make the decision to die first. No, I just made. The I think decision. The, the question is, who is going to die first? I've got a little bit of a spare thought, tire that I can access <laughs> for maybe. A week longer than you? Where, where, where are you going to get the, where's the fat, man? It's, where's it going to come from? You don't have any. I, I want you to die first. Okay. I think, let's just, is, can we do that? Are we talking about this? <laughs> we are talking, and, and there's people here. <laughs> even the spare tire thing is support of that. Like, you're even supporting more, of, like, that's even you more You want to chew suspense. my spare tire? <laughs> Whatever it takes. I can just picture picture you. Oh gosh, I'm I'm not. <laughs> Don't picture me like chomping on like your belly. And as much I'm as you chew, and as loud as you chew, but there'll be nobody there to hear it. You'll be sitting there. Oh, and I'm a filming with your TMJ jaw, <laughs> just chewing on my belly fat, all by yourself. Well, I'll get. Yeah, I'll get. I mean, Chase will hack you up. Oh, so we're bringing Chase. <laughs> Like you know how, and he'll be in the 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 bunny costume. We really, yeah, we really need Chase. We are you, you have to be you have to be there. Okay, how about this um, to wrap things up? Uh, Did you just pick the final question? I mean, you okay? If you don't think this is a good question to end on, uh, you, you can add another you. one. No, I trust the Jellens asked, "What's the weirdest unusual thing you received in the mail?" Uh, I have to tell this story because someone sent us milk. <laughs> it's true. Are you here? It's the person who sent us milk here. Are you here? <laughs> because we need to talk. Oh, in the back there. So, no. So, Jen. Hey, Jen. Jen goes to the post office. Uh, she is the one who retrieves the mail. And she has a special relationship with the person at the post office because there's a lot of things that come into our mailbox. And, of course, the people at the post office do not understand why they're like, I don't, what do, what kind of business do these guys run? And why are the boxes weird shapes and decorated in weird ways? And have it's, you know, they're just, they're trying to figure it out. But she went one time and they were like, kind of just looked at her and they were like, come back here. <laughs> and she follows it's them. It's never good news when you're going into the back of the post office. <laughs> she follows them to the back of the post office and they're like, we've had this. This has been sitting here. We've been trying to, you know, because she doesn't go every day. This has been sitting here for a couple of days, and no one will touch it. And it was just this box that was sitting there, and someone had just put full gallon jugs of milk, like multiple gallons of milk, and just put it in a box. Was there a reason? Was there a stated reason? They said, 
Will they, you start a milk club? What? <laughs> like your bean of the month club thing that you talked yeah, yeah. about that time? But it was um, heinous. It was that these people had like gloves on. Didn't they have like... They That's had, the name of the milk club. Heinous <laughs> milk. And uh, so that was weird. And I got to say, we... We actually never saw it, guys. Uh, we never, we never drank it. Uh, it was disposed of at the look on location at the post office. So don't send milk, please. Um, and I saw that um, Stevie texted you during this thing. She's, she did. She's trying to produce this thing even from yeah. over there via text. She texted. Like, Just lay off. But why did you? But it was. Can I tell you what? Can I tell everybody what you texted me? Well, I saw the text and I was like, what? Read it. What is it? it says? She texted puppy bite. I know what she means, but for a second I was like, "Why? I'm doing. We're doing this thing." And then all of a sudden, in the middle of it, she's texting puppy bite. But okay, this is what it is. You have been oh, injured. Oh yes. So this is okay. So this is a good story. Uh, oh, this so is a full good circle. one. This is a good one to end ha- on. Have we ever been injured? Um, you have shooting to be, a video. Just you should know this by now. You have to tell me exactly what you mean. You have to say, tell them the story about the time you were bitten by a puppy while we were making a video. So, um, yeah, you, you were injured, dude. You should tell the story and wow. to the point where this video never went out. So tell the yeah. There's a lot of things wrapped up in this. Okay, so. We did uh, a series of videos uh, that were kind of different. Like, you remember our Oregon Trail video that was... Oregon Trail in real life. Oregon Trail in real life. Like, different physical challenges inspired by that. But we also wanted to do another... The same day, we did one about gladiators, like Roman gladiators. Like, we dressed up like gladiators, and we developed these uh, physical challenge games, and we were were just going to make that an episode of GMM. what was the, and then well, yeah, so we like had we were like busting fruit. So it just like a weird series of challenges. Weapons. Like our kids dressed came out and dressed in togas and threw eggs at us. Uh, but one of the things we had was you know gladiators always battle animals. So we got these puppies, these really expensive puppies because you have to like rent them from the right place. And there's like a representative from the ASPCA that has to come when you use animals in a video. And so there's these really cute puppies. And the idea was because we had seen another person do this online was to put puppy food all over our faces and it was you let this pack of puppies come and lick the food off your face and it's the person who laughs first loses loses. so i didn't see i kind of told them well you should get like you know soft like mushy food but i don't know somebody thought that got some chunky food and so i'm sitting there on the on my back and link is putting this really chunky food all over me and it's getting into like my crevices and nose and my ears. And they let these puppies go. And these puppies, as you can imagine, they, are, were, they were hungry. They too, were boy. so hungry. And they, one of them in those little puppy teeth, sharp puppy teeth. They were like this big. Not the teeth, the puppy. Um, it's like a megalodon <laughs> shark. It's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Got on my ear and could not dif- differentiate between the puppy food and my ear, and just grabbed it, pierced the top of my ear, and just pulled. And it was like I. And you you, you said that you heard like a pop. I heard a pop and like a rip of cartilage. <laughs> and my job, uh, while he was Your trying job. trying not to laugh, was to just taunt him. So like I was just I was like laying into him like oh you could, this is so funny you're gonna laugh I had no clue what was going on it's like 
you had this look on your face. It was so intense. I was like, oh, he, he's playing it that way. Oh, and one of them was going for my nose. It could have just as easily been my nose, but there was one on my nose and one on my ear. And right when the ear thing happened, I sat up immediately. And I was like, like puppy, puppy's like, like flying off of your head. I'm bit. I'm bit. And then once they got the puppy food off of my ear, we realized that it had, Gushing it had gone all the way through and ripped. Not all the way through my ear, but a, a lot. A lot of rippage happened. And it kind of ruined the day. It kind of ruined the vibe for you a little bit. Uh, like, I was loving it. I was like, ooh, puppy man. And, little- and the rest of the video didn't really turn out, so we never released that video. We never even edited it. But, but uh, in fairness, I guess you won because uh, you definitely didn't laugh. And well, and there's a, I mean, can you, there, there's, you can't really tell because people's ears are kind of weird, but if you look at my left ear and my right ear, the left ear is totally forever different because there is just this weird bump right here uh, from a puppy and it's all Link's fault. And then, yeah, so, but, but you were so upset. Like, I mean, you were in pain and you were mad that it had happened and it was like there was no salvaging the video. There was so some, there was some, conf- some conflict that day. Yeah, but we I resolved was, it. We communicated about the conflict. And yeah, it was. I thought it was great. I was like, yes, this is this is that's we got a thumbnail. We got we got Rhett's ear ripped off by puppy. That's the title. Like I'm talking multi million views, and it didn't hurt me at all. What? I'm loving it. And it, but you know, in the end, it didn't look as if we were to put it online, it wouldn't look as graphic as that actually was. No, and it was um, be yeah. like ear pierced by puppy, big deal. Could have gone to Claire's. <laughs> you know. Okay, guys. Um, thanks for all your questions that you guys submitted, and you know, it's so cool to be able to hang out with you guys and see your faces and uh, hopefully many of you will be able to meet us later for the uh, the signing. But either way, we just wanted to take a second in closing and say that thank you guys uh, for always being your mythical best and for all your support mm-hmm. of us and for watching all the stuff that we do. And I see a lot of merch out there and uh, we feel all the support that you guys give us in watching and hanging out with us every single day. Uh, through Good Mythical Morning. So we appreciate that. Thanks, Mythical Beast. Yes, thank you. 